This is an alert. Valentine's Day is coming up. Today we have as our guest Judy Hare. She's going to tell us what women want in a man. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Today I'm coming to you from my uh, studio in Cocoa Beach, Florida. We're overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. Yesterday we had this beautiful surf. It was really hard to sit at my desk overlooking the ocean. I had to work all the way till 3 o'clock before I went out and uh, got a surf session. And it's just a beautiful day here. I know it's uh, cold up there in the north right now, um, but you know there's that scripture verse in Song of Solomon, Behold, my beloved is like a deer or a young stag leaping across the mountaintops. Uh, and then it, it goes on to say, For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear upon the earth. And uh, that is what God wants us to have in our life every moment, uh, that he wants us to have a springtime in our life, you know, the, to have hope uh, for the coming spring. And, and spring is coming. Uh, but remember, the wintertime is kind of a time of pruning, and it's a time of... of uh, kind of going back into ourselves and going uh, going into a place of kind of, I don't know how to say it, it's it's a time of, of it's darker, uh, most of the day is, is not as bright as it used to be, and, and when the sun does shine, a lot of times it's lower on the horizon, it's just a time to kind of contemplate and look in uh, to ourselves and look into uh, uh, the Lord who is whispering to us. I remember once being in my cabin in Montana in, uh, and built it myself. Not a very good cabin. I designed it, built it, trust it, and everything. Did all the work, and every power tool I used involved me pulling a generator to start my power tool because I was looking across the North Fork of the Flathead River at the Glacier Peaks, just four miles south of Canada, north of Columbia Falls, Montana, and uh, and I just remember uh, you know building this cabin and then going up there in the early fall. It might have been like end of September, early October. Uh, and it was that time of year when uh, I guess it was just about hunting season, and uh, the the leaves had all fallen, the birds that were going to fly south had flown south. There was a, a a snowfall, just a light snowfall, but it was enough so that no leaves would stir in in if there was any breeze, and there was no breeze. And I remember uh, sitting outside my cabin and listening, and I couldn't hear a single sound. Uh, nature usually, when you get out in nature, away from the city, you find out how loud nature is. You'll hear uh, insects chirping or birds singing, or you'll hear a wind through the trees. L- nature usually is quite loud. Uh, you just don't hear it usually because you're hearing the sounds of cars whizzing by and things like that. But there wasn't a single sound, and I just remember that the uh, in my for those days when I was there, it was like. Sometimes I would think I, I heard a sound, but it wasn't at all. It was just my thoughts thinking I heard a sound. It, it was that still, and it was that quiet. And maybe that's what uh, God wants for us in the wintertime, is to take that moment to uh, sit silently and to sit still and uh, just reflect and go deeper with him and to hear the still, small voice of God. I remember I thought at times uh, I heard a voice, and, <laughs> and it wouldn't be a voice at all. It was just within my mind. Uh, that's how quiet. Uh, we need to be at times. We need to get away from the noise of our world, turn off the news, uh, and 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 just listen uh, 
pray, say the name of Jesus and just listen. I do remember, though, uh, you know, I always had to sleep with my uh, a gun uh, next to me because grizzly bears and mountain lions and and who knows? And I had actually I had a a lone wolf, an alpha male, a former alpha male wolf, uh, that uh, actually owned my property that I was on. So I had to always be prepared for danger. But I remember I heard a voice, and I, you don't expect to hear a voice out in the middle of the wilderness like that. And it actually was a human voice, and it actually ended up being a, a bear tracker from the University of Montana, Missoula. And we had a nice cup of coffee and got to talk. But that is that is how still uh, God wants us to make it, uh, especially in the wintertime. It can be a time of stillness, a time of reflection, and a time of going deep with God. But having said that, um, the spring is going to come. And when the spring comes, the flowers appear on the earth. Um, in Hawaii, and here also in Cocoa Beach, we have a flower called a hibiscus flower. And the hibiscus flower, I love them. They're so beautiful. I don't know if you know what they look like, but they can be red or pink, orange, uh, maybe even a little bit yellow. And do you know the thing about the hibiscus, wherever I go, when I, whenever I see a hibiscus a flower, I pick one. And so I almost always have one in my house. It's kind of one of my daily routines. It's been like that for, for as long as I can remember. Because I remember the first time my mother pointed out to her hibiscus out in front of her her home, our, uh, my parents' home in Molokai. And she said, you see that? That's a one-day flower. I go, what do you mean, Mom? And she said, it blossoms for one day and then it dies. And so I always feel free to pick them because I know I'm not taking them from uh, anybody. Uh, anybody's, you know, if I'm walking along uh, in the city and I see a hibiscus or I'm walking someplace, I don't feel any qualms about picking one because I know it's not going to be there tomorrow like a rose might be. And this is what the Lord wants for us every day, to pick our to pick our hibiscus flowers, to uh, make our, our time with him new every day. But I want to say something else to you. If you're a man and Valentine's Day is coming up, I'm not telling you to buy a bouquet of flowers for the one that you love. But I want you every day to give her a, hi- a hibiscus flower. And what that means is every day show her in some small act. It's not a big act. A hibiscus is not a big act. But show her in some small act how you treasure her and how you cherish her. Let her experience uh, the springtime. Behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, and the flowers appear upon the earth. Let her experience that in, with you and with Jesus, uh, the spring can always be with her, and that every day your love for her is new. Just like the, the, the Word of God says, God's mercies are new every morning. Show her every morning. Show her every day. Find a way, something unique, something special, and God will help you because you know us guys, we're just knuckle draggers. Uh, God will help you to show you a special way to love your love uh, the women in your life. Uh, this is Bear Wozniak. We'll be back with more Deep Adventure Radio. We're going to talk with Judy Hare about what women want. So, men, this is an alert. Valentine's Day is coming, so listen up. I'm Al Cresta, and I'm listening to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak.
Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And as usual, we're about to have a really good time. Uh, we have with us uh, someone who, um, Bill Snyder, who is my uh, radio producer and doesn't like to be talked about. He's very, very humble. In fact, he always tells me he's more humble than me. Uh, he recommended I had to get Judy on my show. And then when I started checking her out more, and uh, especially her, her uh, testimony, if you get to be on Journey Home, you're pretty much, that's like the Johnny Carson of the Catholic New Evangelization, if you get to be on that show. So I don't know. You guys probably don't even know who Johnny Carson is. But it's like the Tonight Show, I would say. Journey Home rocks. And you get to be on that show, uh, it says a lot about you. Uh, but Judy is a woman that seems to, to me, when I look at what her background is, she's she's a... Uh, She's not. She's an inspiring woman. She inspires uh, other people, and especially women, uh, to really uh, go deep with God and and also to express themselves uh, fully with the gifts that God's given them in their life. So, Judy Hare, uh, welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. Thank you for having me, Bear. I am absolutely thrilled. I think I'm thrilled. <laughs> I think, and absolutely trusting God that He will um, He will handle this conversation with you because I've heard that you are. Someone to be reckoned with. Is that right? <laughs> well, Bill it says Snyder inspiring women. I, inspiring women. I thought it's meant perspiring women because it looks like you work harder than just about anybody I know. You're you, you're all over the place with your your speaking and uh, and your ministry. Um, but I want to. You you told me just to surprise you on where we wanted to go with this interview uh, or this this conversation. But I want to talk a, a little bit first about uh, just who Judy is, especially. Uh, you're uh, you're you're like me. You 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 returned to the Catholic Church after uh, being gone for a while, and so we want to start out with just getting it real and finding out your your personal testimony of your um go you know your your desire to go deeper with Christ and how that brought you back to the Catholic Church. Can you give us the the condensed version of your journey home testimony, <laughs> basically? Well, it would be a privilege to do so. There, uh, my return to the Catholic Church uh, took place. After it's interesting because the psalm today is Psalm 37, and when we delight in the Lord, the Lord gives us the desires of our heart. And I did not know that psalm. I, I often tell people I was poorly catechized and evangelized, and that has nothing to do with the Catholic Church or my upbringing because the message is always based on the disposition of the recipient. And so I oftentimes heard what was wrong and not was you know not what was right, and I just had a very missed. Uh, I was very misunderstood, not only about who God was, but absolutely who I was. And therefore, I sought everything and anything to fill the hole in my soul that I know now that God placed there specifically for him to fill. Uh, But for many, many years, I searched everything and anything. I was on a desperate search to to love and be loved, to uh, be known and to know. And that led me to places and spaces that I would never, ever want anyone to have to go through. And by the grace of God, he works all things out for our good and his glory. And he's just a big show-off. And so he has allowed, allowed my life to be a testimony to his infinite love and mercy and grace. And just a constant reminder that uh, we are who he says we are. And um, he is who he says he is. And so he works things, all things out for our good. So... I don't know how much you would like to know about my past. Um, well, I, I, li- I like very- what you I like what you said. There's a couple of things that that prompted me. I used to say the same thing about God that He's a show off, 
And totally. uh, and my my mom used to say that he's like the Calvary. You know, he likes to come in at the last minute, doesn't he? And kind of save yeah. the day. And uh, when we were uh, doing our motorcycle ride into uh, the Big Bend area, well, actually, we rode across the whole United States a few months ago. We were going into the yeah. Big Bend country. We started out in Houston. And we had a biker rally, uh, Catholic bikers, call to the wall. And these guys showed up. And one of, one of them I talked about um, that we were going to go through San Antonio and the small band of, 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 men, of, of warriors that fought there at the Alamo. And we talked about Gideon's army and how uh, God kept wanting to pare the number of people down that Gideon had in his army till there was just a few hundred to take on this great, uh, you know, to take on... Um, their enemies, uh, and, and, and it was because God said, you know, because if you do it with all with this many people, then you're going to take the credit. And I think sometimes God does allow us to get paint ourselves into corners so that he can show, show us how much he loves us and that in reality we have really nothing to worry about. So, oh. so uh, yeah, God is a bit of a show-off. Uh, but tell me, how is it that uh, at some point it sounds like you kind of came to an end of yourself uh, and then, and then uh, began to seek, uh, turn towards God. It kind of sounds like that's where you're going. Tell us a little bit more about that. You know, I'll even back up a little bit further because the reality is, um, when when I found myself in places and spaces of complete desperation, um, it was then that God did show up. I mean, He absolutely was always present, and He was such a perfect gentleman, which my my past life didn't always. I didn't wasn't always encountering perfect gentlemen, and God is just that type of, you know, he just waits, he just waits and waits until we want to. And so he would wait until that 11th hour, and he would wait until there was no hope um, left, or at least what, what it seemed like to me, and he would just come through. And oftentimes, I, I, did, I did, I had faith the size of, the must, of, of a mustard seed, as today's gospel talks about, but it wasn't, it, it, when he delivered me, it was always temporary. I always had a change of my head, but the change of my heart just didn't seem to take place. And so there were times where God delivered me from myself. And um, I think he just got to the point where, you know, everything that I thought I wanted, he allowed me to experience in order to realize that I continued to feel unfulfilled and unsatisfied and, and continued to have this angst and longing like an itch that could not be scratched because it was never filled um, and sustained by him. And so the final thing that God did was the greatest gift that he could have ever given me. Uh, he brought, I, I often refer to my life and my marriage as the Twin Towers, uh, the most beautiful sight to ever be seen that would withhold any uh, you know, withstand any of the elements. And he literally brought it to the ground entirely. And that was his greatest gift to me um, in order for me to return to him uh, with every facet of my being and allow him to rebuild the wreckage with a solid foundation. And so it was through the, it was through the, the demise of my marriage that my, uh, God had his final way and say with me, and, and entered into places and spaces of my life that have never been the same ever since then. So he allowed me to receive everything that the world said would, would bring me happiness, only to find that I was still uh, discontent and unsatisfied. And then he showed me uh, what following him would be all about. And that deep adventure, my friend, is what you've you know, driven your ministry on. I mean, it's just a wild ride. And you, know, you never it, know what God's going to do. <laughs> I mean, have you been reading my mail? 
I mean, no, is the postman been coming by your house and dropping off my mail? Because it's like you're, it's so interesting because even the, 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 the phraseology that you use is so similar to me. You know, I like the, I like the things that you said, for example, that God is a gentleman. Uh, you know, he, he, he knocks on the door, but we yeah. need to open the door, door of our heart. And, uh, and sometimes we don't hear that knocking until we get to the very end of ourselves. You know, we've, yeah. you know, we've, uh, we've, we've, we, in some ways you get to the end of that yourself by um, overindulging yourself in life's pleasures, or you get to the end of yourself uh, by, through adversity or, or reaching out uh, in, in ambition, trying to get more, more things, more accomplishments, more attention, um, uh, and you, you finally come to the end of yourself because, you know, like, I remember when I won my first world title, I was like, is that all there is? You know, there's achievement has its, uh, you know, it, it becomes real empty real fast. And so we kind of come to an end of ourselves and it's kind of like that song, is that all there is? And it's kind of like at that moment where we, where, uh, where we kind of can hear God knocking and when we open our heart to him. And you, and you quoted the scripture verse from Mass today, uh, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. And I remember that scripture really, really has always meant a lot to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I remember particularly uh, at one point in my life wondering if God wanted me to be a priest uh, because I really wanted to be a father and, uh, you know, to have children. And I was up on the top of a mountain in Santa Fe called Mont de Sol, which looks around across at the mountain called Mont de Luna, you know, mountain of the sun, mountain of the moon. And uh, I had gone there to, uh, to see whether I should, uh, I had gone to visit a seminary there, actually. I was 19 years old or maybe 20, and just so much in love with Jesus. And, um, and because I was so in love with Jesus, everyone said, well, then you have to be a priest. And I didn't want to be, but I thought, well, maybe God wants me to be. And I went up to the top of that mountain, and I prayed. And I said, Lord, what do you want? You know. And I sat there for well over an hour, just uh, seeking the Lord with the seminary kind of down below me there, you know. And as I was about to come down that mountain, a young man, I remember his name was Michael, hiked up that mountain. As I was starting my way down, he goes, what are you doing here? And I go, well, I I came up here to pray. And he said, well, who are you praying to? And I said, Jesus. And he said, you know, I gave my life to the Lord about a month ago. And I told God I would climb this mountain 12 times. And would he bring someone up here to me? Uh, to confirm uh, that he loved me and that and and he said this is my 12th time and we sat down <laughs> and we began to pray and he actually prayed good for me and I always I mean he really he, he prayed kind of confirming what the Lord had spoken to me but what I, what I had said on that mountain before I went down the hill I'd said Lord what do you want and I really sensed God in the in that still small voice within me ask me well what do you want and I, and I knew then that God had planted this desire in my heart. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God will give you desires and then he will Which give you. you know they are. Yeah, and then he will give you the desires. He will plant that desire, that seed in you, and then he will help you realize that. Well, the greatest desire we have, and it's an infinite desire, is for that transcendent beauty of God. And we'll yeah. never be satisfied uh, with any other thing with until we else. have that. Everything else is a substitute for the Savior. I always say that, right? Real poor substitute. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So um, it's like having, uh, uh, you know, fake beer, I guess. I don't know. It's, it doesn't quite do the job. 
but so so yeah, so that really that really resonates with me. But God is a gentleman; he he waits at the door and knocks. And so, what happened uh, at that point when you you kind of uh, turned around and, and and faced the Lord and opened the door? Well, you know, God had delivered me on numerous occasions from every addiction. I say he delivered me from myself, but I had I mean I suffered from every addiction. You know, whether any anything. Um, that would take the pain away from from the life that I felt like I lived, the choices that I made, the fact that I thought I was what I, I had become, what I had done. And, and and I lived in that self-made prison. My testimony there is really about uh, moving from captivity to freedom and and moving. Uh, you know, I, I always tell people that I, I just learned who the Trinity was. I thought it was me, myself, and I. And some way, luckily in my faith journey, I realized that the Trinity is not me, myself, and I. It is it is you know much different than what I had ever believed. And when I found myself in those places and spaces of addiction of every single thing, and God delivered me. It was never like we talked about earlier. It was never a change of my heart. It was never a true transformation of where God would place a new heart within me and I would I would see through his eyes and feel in his ways and and so um, when this final this final and it was interesting because it was during Lent and I prayed I mean he had returned to the Catholic Church this is so much to my testimony there that this you know time frame just would not allow me to convey but the highlight would be that, you know, my family, I have four children, ages zero through four and six at the time. I was married to this man, um, and our marriage is just, it, it just looked perfect. I mean, everything about it looked perfect, and we worked so hard for it to be perfect, and we just were two very broken people who had no idea what it meant to love, who had no idea that without God as the center of our union, we were just destined um, you know, to, to search the things that, you know, the, the world would tell us would buy happiness. And so God would just not have it. He just stood by long enough and said, this is it, there's no more. And he brought our marriage to the ground, and he led us to a ministry called Retrovive. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with that, that marriage ministry, but it's a spinoff of the marriage encounter. And you wouldn't find yourself in the marriage encounter if you should be in Retrovive and vice versa. One is for a thriving marriage, and one is for a dying marriage. And we found ourselves in that ministry, and through a long weekend of, of, of praying and dialoguing and decision-making, uh, we decided uh, to allow God to rebuild our marriage, and, and he rebuilt it. He rebuilt it in such a way. It's, it's so interesting because the first, um, the first miracle was at the wedding feast of Cana uh, when, when there was no more. And and Mary says, because Jesus would provide. And in those times when you are in a place in your life where you feel like there's no more, there's no more love, there's no more patience, there's no more joy or hope or peace. That's when the miracle comes. And, and I always, I often liken it to a broken faucet where those those very things, those fruits of the spirit, would just drip out when we make a decision. Um, and we allow God to live and move and have his being within us. It's just crazy. You know, we find ourselves loving in ways that we never thought possible, forgiving the unforgivable, um, understanding the excusable. And 
And I say it was, this is why I'm glad you didn't have me where you could see me, because I'm a very emotional person, because God did promise to place a new heart within me, and he did. And I don't even remember the question at this point. Well, Judy, that's a good point. We're at a segment point anyway. We'll let you uh, fix your, fix your makeup. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're talking with Judy Hare. <laughs> we're talking with Judy Hare, and she's talking about how it's kind of when you come to an end of yourself, you turn yourself uh, to the Lord, and that's when we're vulnerable. That's when we're weak. Uh, that's when he can pick us up and carry us, and we're more open to receive his, his guidance and uh, and and uh, and we learn that we can't go on our own strength, and we can walk in His power. Judy Hare, J U D Y H E H R dot com. You go there. There's a ton of stuff there, uh, videos and other things, and how you can contact her to come speak to your group. Judy, we'll be right back. Uh, I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Get ready. We're gonna have a radical conversation with Judy. I'm, I'm gonna ask her a question she doesn't know is coming. Be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. Deep Adventure Radio. The Bold Standard in Radio. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak with DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue number 85. Today I want to talk to you about in Waikiki Beach, we have this phenomenon about seven days after the full moon. There's a big t- there's a tide that brings in box jellyfish for two or three days. And it's very painful if you get stung by a jellyfish. It's the only place in the world where we know of that this happens and we really don't have any idea why. But there's kind of an invasion along the shores of Waikiki of box jellyfish. And during that time, we warn people it's not a good thing to go out because you go out there, you're probably going to get stung. It's kind of like in the Catholic Church, we teach not to go where there's the near occasion of sin. 
Don't go places where you think you might become vulnerable or might be tempted, whether that's places on a website or certain friends' homes or bars or places, people that you're hanging out with that you know just aren't uh, good to be with. You know that if you go out there, you might just get stung. There's a type of tide called a red tide. And at night, that red tide, uh, when the waves break, it's luminescent. It actually sparkles. It's, it's fluorescent colored. The waves break and it just shimmers. And when you dive through that water and you stand up, you're just shimmering with, uh, with light. But you know what happens when you're attracted to that light and you dive in? You're going to be covered with um, a small diatomaceous animal that's excreting a kind of a red, uh, it's called a red tide for a reason because there's no oxygen in the, in the ocean in that, 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 um, the little, the little, uh, Diatomaceous animals will get stuck in your eyes and your hair, and it's just it's just a really an uncomfortable feeling. Um, can't your eyes will turn all red? So it all seems all so nice and bright and something you really would like to have. And that's what the Lord, that's what the enemy does. He uses the bling bling of the world to try to attract you. And when you dive in, you find out there's no oxygen, that there's no life in it. So let's stay close to the real light. Let's stay close to uh, the Son of God, uh, Jesus Christ. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue number eighty-five. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha, everybody, and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. And, you know, I really dig something that's been going on in my life. Uh, I don't know, about 60 days ago or so, I started doing Facebook live feeds every morning at 7 a.m. I stand on my lanai with the uh, face, with the camera facing me, the face, my my iPhone facing me, with the ocean in the background and the sun rising, and uh, we've been going through the Catholic Catechism, and this has become a really popular live feed. And, and you know what I really dig about it is that we have a ton of men that are watching uh, that watch it and are really really uh, loving the traction they're getting. The Catholic Catechism is so deep; it's beautiful. I, I've I, people go, how do you time to do, have time to do all this stuff that you do in ministry? Well, I read the Catholic Catechism every morning anyway, and I love talking to people like Judy Hare, who is our guest uh, today. And so it, it is no extra work for me at all. It's just, you know, when God uh, has a plan for your life, it tends to all flow together. But I've started to teach and uh, read out of the Catholic Catechism, and what's really cool is we got so many men. I would say 80% of the people watching are men, and we love having our women uh, participating with us, but it's just so cool to have the men join us. And so now uh, Benny Petri is saying, I'll get to quote this from the Facebook live feed. Benny's one of the guys who rode his Harley all the way from Little Rock, Arkansas, down to Houston for our biker rally we had down there. He says, sometimes we have to hit rock bottom to realize who is the rock of our lives. Uh, does that sound familiar to you, Judy? It absolutely does. Well, listen, I want to ask you a question. I got, you know, if you could see the pictures of these guys, they're pretty ugly. I mean, it's, they're, it's hard to look at these pictures of them, really. Uh, but if you could see, these are kind of gnarly guys. So I want to ask you a question. What is it that women, uh, you know, we just had the women's uh, rally up, up there in Washington, D.C., and I know you speak to uh, Christian women's uh, 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 groups. What, what do women uh, really think? What do you really think they want? In their man, there's so much confusion these days. What are women looking for? When you when you think of a good man, uh, let's, let's say there's a young woman out there looking for a good man. What should she be looking for? Oh, Bear, this is a really great question because as I'm married to a man who continues to tell me that he wishes one of the things he got um, on the day that we got married was a crystal ball, 
uh, that he would, here's what I know about my husband. I know that every man wants nothing more than to satisfy his woman um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and in every place and space of her being, he wants to fill her with me. And so in my opinion, the greatest thing that a man can give to his woman is to be a godly man, a God-fearing man, a man who who reveres his wife as, as something to behold the same way that God does. And I have watched my man turn into a godly man um, in ways that I, I don't think anyone who knew him uh, would ever find possible. And so as a woman, we, we want to be known, we want to be understood, we want to be heard, we want to be loved. I mean, these are some basic things. And, and there, can I just tell you, you cannot fix us, my friend. You guys cannot fix us. It is God who will fill those spaces and places for us, and it is out of our love for God that we will be able to love you. And it is out of your love for, for God that you will be able to love us in the way that we need to be loved. And so I, I, love, um, I love that you asked me this because I have two boys and I have two girls, and I often hear my husband telling my sons, like, well, they're, they're, they're to be loved and not understood. They are to be loved to, and so, not understood. So let's say this again. So the key uh, to, uh, to a man in a relationship with, with a woman is that you're to love them. You don't have to understand them. <laughs> you don't have to understand them to love them. Because women are a mystery. That's true. And loving, okay, loving by definition, if we want to reference the catechism, I mean, loving by definition is to desire the highest and best good for the sake of the beloved, right? Right. And so, you guys, that's what's so interesting is what you think we want, we don't. And and I often tell women in, in private spaces that if that women want to be satisfied emotionally, and, and, and I think God created you guys in a little bit different way, where maybe your satisfaction might be more physically, but the reality is if it starts with a spiritual satisfaction and place of contentment, those other things will follow. I, I believe that in my whole heart. And when we seek God and seek the kingdom of God first and foremost, all other things um, will, will be present to us. And so we just want to be loved. We just want to be loved. But what does that yeah. mean? Okay, so, but now, but now you, now, now see, so now uh, you said that a woman wants a godly man. What does, yeah. a, what does a godly man look like? Give me a 24-hour a scenario of what a godly man does in, a, in 24 well, hours, because men I, I are will, about I doing. Just, I will. I will be happy to describe. And again, this is just my opinion and my perception is my reality. And so this is my truth with a small T. But I do believe that, and I'll, I'll refer to my husband specifically, there is nothing more attractive to me as a woman than a man who stands on the truth. That a, that a man who, who finds his strength in God, uh, who resists temptation, who sets an example for when he sets an example for my son, when he gives up what he wants now for what he wants most, when he actually practices the psalm today in Psalm 37, where it talks over and over and over again about doing the right thing when no one's looking, um, because that is integrity. And to stand before a woman as a God-fearing, God-honoring, um, Godly man is to be a man of the greatest character and the greatest integrity, a man that sets himself apart, a man that leads by example, uh, a man that does hard things. He just does hard things, and he can't expect to do that 
unless God's grace and strength is operating within him. So does that give you, I don't want to make it too hard. Well, no, this is, no, this is, this is, I love this. And and, you know, the thing about this is though, um, a man uh, to do, to be all these things that you, that you say, and it's really just, it's just, you're talking about the seven virtues, you know, but for a man to be that man, um, you know, they can't just say, well, this morning I'm going to get up and I'm going to be this man. Uh, You know, they need, there needs to be something more. And, and I would say that that is, um, that they need to have a, a prayer life. They actually need to get Absolutely. on there. And, and so what do you? What would you see? Uh, that's what I'm asking you. Um, you know, what, what would you, to be a godly man, doesn't it start with a man who prays? It absolutely starts with, starts with a man who prays, who finds godly wisdom, who sees things through the eyes of God, who can be a leader in his family. It all starts with prayer and the relationship with God. All of it. I mean, that's the start. That's the beginning and the end. And and, and when we have God um, above us, below us, on either side of us, and all around us, the likelihood of our success in these other areas, whether it be relationally, emotionally, financially, are just exponentially greater than when we don't. And so a godly man puts God first, the same way, in my opinion, a godly woman puts God first. Now, let me just tell you, I am not that woman, and my husband is not that man most days. Um, because we do struggle and, and, and cave to the, to the culture. I mean, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. And that's a very fine line to walk. But when we are intentional and deliberate about our faith, about living it, not just talking about it, but being about it, then there's nothing that can separate us as a couple. There's nothing that would divide us as a family. But when we allow God, um, we allow God to be anything other than first, I will tell you Satan has shifted us like wheat. To this day, uh, that is the tactic of the devil, to divide um, and to destroy what God has come to give us life and give it abundantly. So it's first and foremost God, my friend, every day, all day. There's no doubt about it. And I think, you know, for and men... I say, take my advice, I'm not using it. I always say that. Yeah. You know, I should be practicing what I'm preaching, my friend. Right. Well, you know, to see a man, I always challenge the men, if you're not getting up an hour before the rest of your family and praying for them and slaying dragons, you're a poser. Uh, yes. You know, men have wimped out, uh, and the, yes. the very first place you make your stand as a man is in prayer. If you don't yes. start there, everything else is just kind of uh, going through the motions. It's powerless. You lack direction. You lack meaning. But when you check in with your drill sergeant, your, you know, the, the captain of the ship every morning uh, uh, in prayer, uh, you get perspective, you get direction, you get power, you get your marching orders for the day. And men uh, want yeah. to be productive. You know, men want to work. Well, um, that's what prayer is. It's your most productive hour of the day. And by the way, yeah. you never you never lose that hour. It's not like you um, I wasted an hour well, in prayer this morning. Well, God's the author of time there. He gives it back to you on the other end of the other, at the other side of the spectrum. You yeah. never give it up. Yeah, it's just like someone. And I, I took out Christian Okoya, the Nigerian nightmare, all pro running back. For the Chiefs, I took him out surfing, and this is after he was retired, and he was just ripped and so strong. And I go, Christian, how you do that? And he goes, Well, every morning I have an appointment at the gym with myself, and I'm not, and I don't allow anybody to interrupt that time. And I look at that, you know, and a a disciple, the very essence of a disciple is to be disciplined. And so, men, uh, you know, and and I've always said an hour. I work out about an hour and a half to two and a half hours every day, and I've always said that doesn't take any time out of my day to work out because you know I'm. 
I, it, it, I, it, it's given back to me in stamina, energy, and during that time I, have, I, I pray and things like that. If you invest an hour with the Lord every day in prayer, uh, the effectiveness and efficiency in your life is going to be exponential. We're talking with Judy Hare, and um, she, her website is Judy Hare, uh, J-U-D-Y-H-E-H-R uh, dot com. And uh, what will they find? Give me 10 seconds what they'll find at your website before, t- before we break. You know, they're, they're, they'll find on my website some of what I do and how I do it, how they would be able to get a hold of me, connect with me on different uh, fronts of social media. Um, but, but most importantly, if they would just pray for me and my ministry, that I would spend that hour of power that you're talking about. Okay. So I would be equipped with what God, you know, God wants me to okay. have. Okay. We're talking with Judy Hare, and we'll be right back. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. International Deep Adventure Radio. Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Uh, You know, when we were on the Long Ride Home uh, reality show, our motorcycle reality show, and we were doing that shoot in the Big Bend country of Texas, uh, there was a morning when I got the men up about two hours before sunrise, and we rode up into the mesa, and I was down kind of in a little knoll, and I had the men go up on the ridge lines about 200, 300 yards apart. And they formed a, a semicircle on this ridge line. And it, I was kind of recreating like a Clint Eastwood sort of scene. Like Father Mark Goring was on one ridge line and he had his rosary out. And Jay Flunker, you could see him silhouetted with his Bible. And uh, Daniel Markham had his, his cowboy hat over his heart as he, as he was praying. And these guys stood up there for two hours and prayed. And uh, the sun began to rise behind them. And, uh, you know, I've read, I've read enough Louis L'Amour cowboy books. I'm actually looking at my collection of 105 of his westerns. You know, I love his, his books. And one of them, by the way, is called Long Ride Home, which is what our, our reality show is called. And in these westerns, uh, he always says, you know, you don't silhouette yourself on the ridgeline because, you know, it's a dangerous thing to do. Unless you're really tough uh, and you want to call out your enemy. Uh, you wouldn't go on the ridge line. Well, Judy said something earlier. She said men need to, uh, what did she say exactly? She, she, they need to stand for something. Uh, they need to do the hard things. And I think what she's saying is she's challenging men to take the, to take the ridge lines again, to stand up for what you believe, uh, to, to let your, to, to first of all live by example 
But too many people have used that as a cop-out. You know, well, I don't share much about the Lord. I just live my life and let people watch it. And, you know, I'm calling you out on that. You need to take the ridge line and, and, and be a voice for the Lord. Uh, um, and, you know, that doesn't mean just that you stand for, for what's right. But you also reach out to the helpless and you, and you guide people. And when you're out, when you're out uh, you know, when you're sitting down, I mean, it's happened to me twice in the last two weeks. I'm sitting down with some friends uh, having, you know, at, at a restaurant or slash bar. And they start saying something uh, ridiculing about women, you know, I mean, uh, sexual overtones. And I interrupt them and I stop them and I talk about imagio Dei and the dignity of women. That's what I'm talking about. When you're at your lunch break or when you're on the job site or when you're at the bar, take the ridge line. Stand out for uh, what it is that God is, uh, what, what God stands for in your life. And you're not going to be able to do that if you're not spending time in prayer and if you're not spending time reading and learning because leaders are readers. So we have Judy here with us right now. Judy, uh, give a, give a, a challenge uh, to the men out there uh, what, what women are looking for in, in a man. Well, one of the biggest things, uh, and I can I only speak to my own life experiences because that's all I have. I have my own experience, strength, and hope. And I'm not saying that my man is like every man, but I know the biggest struggle my man has is to put the past in the past and to believe that he is who God says he is and that God is who God says he is and that, that he can create all things new and that he can use every single thing that any of these men have ever struggled with as the very thing. Like, I always say that my history is my destiny. What it is that God has asked whoever is listening to as a man, whatever the cross is that God asked him to carry, it is for a greater purpose. It is for a greater good. And I know my own man's struggle is to believe that he is forgiven and to live like he is forgiven. You know, we talk about that in the Catholic Church, my friend. And, and Pope Francis made it the year of divine mercy, which he had it, it ended, but I don't think it really ended because we do not live like we are forgiven people. And and when when these men or women spend an hour in prayer, they will know, they will feel, and they will ultimately believe in this infinite forgiveness and love and mercy and grace of our Father. That if we allow it to if they allow it to permeate them. It will show through. It, they will be able to stand with the character and dignity and for the truth, and they will respect women. They will, they will want to honor them and not see them as objects um, to be used, but, but, but something to behold and to be loved. So is that, is that a fair Well, way okay, to- now I'm going to turn the tables on you. <laughs> what are you going to say to the women out there as far as uh, how do you inspire, how do you, you know, what, the, what their place how they can um, uh, be the woman that their man needs in their li- in their lives. What, what would you say to women? You've only got a few minutes. You can do it. I'll tell you, my friend. Okay, so it starts with prayer. It's, again, you said it, that hour of power, there's no way that I could be the change I want to see in my marriage if, if I didn't start loving God first, and God allows me to love my man the same way. It is my responsibility to get my man to heaven, and so by doing that, Every day, I have to decide to love him the way God loves him. I have, I have to be able to call him to more, too. And I believe that, that it's my role and responsibility to bring the absolute best out of my husband, to not settle, not allow him to settle for anything less than God's best for his life. 
And so it is a decision every day to love, to forgive, and to pray for and with, with each other. And again, if we did this every day, we wouldn't have the struggles we have. I just know this to be the truth. And so I often say to women, if you can be the change that you want to see, if you can lead by example, I, I believe that every man out there wants nothing more than to satisfy his woman, nothing more. But sometimes they just don't know how. And when we can make ourselves vulnerable and allow ourselves to communicate our greatest needs to, to, the, to the men in our life, the, the father of our children, you know, we will be able to allow God to live and move and have his being and, and create this, this image of what a Catholic Christian family is to be, united, standing for something, standing in truth, and trusting God to work all things out um, for us to be examples to other people. Okay, so I got a question for you. John uh, Clapucci just uh, asked me a question. Uh, I'm going to... He says, what if you are striving for holiness, but your family isn't? Uh, how should we as men approach this? Uh, what would you suggest? Okay, well, so I, I, somebody said that you preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. And we know that Jesus never stopped being the change that he wanted to see. He never stopped. So when you feel like you're alone in that journey of faith, if you keep being that, if you remember People were drawn to Jesus like a moth to a flame. He was transparent. He was authentic. And he was the real deal. And I think what happens to us when we're trying to live our faith is we blow our witness out of pure frustration that people aren't responding to what we feel. And so when we're walking in faith with anticipation of what God will do, as opposed to expectation of what we think he should do, I think our mindset shifts, and, and I'll end with this. One of the um, statements I read from Pope Francis this week was, trusting God means letting go of what we want. Oh, because it's, hey. Trusting God is letting go of what we want. And so when we go with anticipation into all of these relationships in every area of our life, as opposed to expectation, and we're yeah. walking in faith, and we're trusting that God's going to work out for our best, and maybe, John, your best right now in God's mind is to keep grinding in your faith and keep doing hard things for long enough um, well, to, until your family comes on board. So we're talking, we're talking with Judy Hare. And, Judy, if I don't say goodbye to you, your friend Bill Snyder, our radio producer, is going to be upset. So we have to we have okay. to take a break from now. But, Judy, we're going to have you back on our show real soon. We've been talking Bye-bye. with Judy Hare, dot com. Uh, if you want to get her to come speak to you. Judy, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Bear. It was a privilege to be a part of this. Well, I, of course, adventure. of course, it was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wasnick. Okay. Surf's up. Real and radical ways to live your faith. This is Daniel the Boon Markham with this episode. Chivalry. One of my seven daughters recently commented with some surprise how pleased she was with her new suitor because he gave her respect, gentleness, and manners. Even though this was only her second suitor, I was struck by the fact she hadn't evidently experienced chivalry from a young man before. His chivalry, well, it lifted her up. Yet chivalry is nearly a lost art. Read a summy card that said, quote, Chivalry isn't dead, it just fell asleep on the couch with beer and the TV blaring. End of quote. Well, 
In some circles, that is truer than we would like to admit. Years ago, I was at a conference with some feminist friends who were might disappointed in me when I opened the door for them. My response, well, ladies, my mama learnt me to respect women in such ways, and my mama is still speaking to me from heaven. It's just the way it is. As a young lad, I clearly remember my mama saying as we were walking to the local hardware store, Daniel, always remember to walk a woman with you between her and the street. Yes, mama. Songwriter Trevor Wesley repeated my mama experience in his song Chivalry is Dead, writing, But I'm not a kid no more, so I must open doors and make you feel like the lady you are. My mama raised me to be classy, not flashy. I'm happy to please you, though I can tell that's not what you're used to. Men, being a gentleman is a choice. It's not a given. You work at it, and it's far more than taking out the trash or opening a door. Man up and treat women always with kindness and care, nurturing their womanhood with respect. They will respect you in return and make you feel like a real man. Nothing wrong with chivalry and everything good about respect. This is Daniel Boone Markham at DanielDeBooneMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of here. Surf's up. Go deep or go home. Welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. You know, my uh, publisher, Franciscan Media, is telling me I have to remind you about my books when I, when I uh, do my radio show. I have a really cool book that they published called Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. It's full of great stories. Uh, this is a great gift to give to, um, to anyone. Uh, men or women will love this. It's a good way to coax them into... Uh, going deeper with God because uh, it starts out with it has a great adventure stories all through it and it actually starts out with a narrative thread of an ocean rescue that I did um, that narrative thread is just a couple pages every uh, 20 or so pages you read a little bit more about this rescue and it kind of draws you through uh, our conversation about the seven virtues and you know studying the seven virtues is really cool because it's practical traction and how we can go deeper with God you know, there's fortitude, justice, self-mastery, and prudence. Those are the four cardinal virtues. And then there's the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. And so this book helps us uh, go deeper. And by the way, i got to remind you guys, please go to our website, deepadventure.com, and sign up for our emails because that's the way you can get this radio show sent to you uh, every week before it even airs, and you can share it with your friends. And don't forget, our reality show, Long Ride Home, airs on EWTN. Ten-episode reality TV show series starts March 5th. Until next time, Viva Cristo Rey! This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.